0: Welcome to Relationships Turned On. I'm your host, Laura Press, Marriage and Relationship Counsellor. I believe relationships can be fixed and you deserve to have a connected and loving relationship. I give you the tools, strategies and insights so you can have a world-class relationship. Welcome, Natalie. I'm so excited to have you on the show today. Thank you so much for joining. No, thank you, Laura. I'm really excited to uh, get stuck in. Awesome. So Natalie Stokel has two daughters, a tween and a teen, and has always cared deeply about raising empowered children. She has a master's in psychology and a postgraduate diploma in gender and women's studies and trained with the Institute of Sexuality Education. She knows body positivity and pleasure based sex education is the way of the future. And I have to say, this is such an interesting conversation. And honestly, I'm really curious myself because I've got daughters <laughs> who are who are, the eldest is eight right now. And the thought of these conversations is a little bit like, well, <laughs> so I'm yeah. very excited to have this conversation today. So can you just tell me a little bit about yourself and how and why you got into this line of work?
1: Sure, sure. Okay, so. Yeah, my background is psychology, I did a master's and my postgraduate diploma in gender and women's studies. And my thesis was the way in which the media affect uh, bodies, uh, women's body esteem, body image and self esteem. Uh, and back then, we're talking about print media. So I was looking at magazines specifically, social media wasn't as big, but the, the principles would be the same. And I was really close to applying to do a PhD in the States, but branching more into women's sexuality. Uh, but then the real world started calling and I decided to take that path instead. But it's something I've been super passionate about and always been super interested in, you know, the one talking to friends about sex or women's sexuality and those kind of things. And then I became a mother. Uh, when my first daughter was just a baby, I, it started brewing again like the, the desire to really dive into this. And I bought the domain name, Tell Your Daughters, even though I wasn't sure exactly what I was going to be encouraging people to tell their daughters I bought that then I had another daughter and then we got into school it wasn't until uh, my first daughter hit her tweens or yeah coming into early tweens that I started to realize that the sex ed in school was not going to be much different from the sex ed I received like 20 or more years (laughs) ago Uh, and that was just so well, disheartening, uh, frustrating infuriating, annoying and and just incredible. I couldn't really believe it. And so I started looking for where am I going to, uh, other than me, you know, where else my daughter is going to get the kind of sex ed that I want them to have and uh you know realised there wasn't much out there. There's uh, there's many beautiful um, you know, moon circles and things for girls about their their periods, and, and that's beautiful that's coming out, but there's not the same for um, sex, sex and sexuality. So I did got taught up and did more training and more research, and then have developed some workshops, which I call tools for teens. And basically it's body positive and sex positive sex ed for tweens and teens. And the, the first, there's two workshop age groups, the first is 11 to 13, the second is 14 to 16. And the 11 to 13 one, it's not explicitly about sex. And I see people get concerned, oh my gosh, you're going to be in it. <laughs> the only time sex comes up is as if in the anonymous Q&A at the end if, if I get a question. But otherwise, it's really about laying the foundations and planting the seeds. So we do a lot about um, communication, you know, empowerment, finding your voice, Um Uh, we talk a lot about anatomy but also include pleasure-based anatomy rather than just reproductive anatomy which is you know it's important to teach both uh, for females Mm. and yeah so I just got it just kind of organically came from this passion and me realizing that things haven't changed unfortunately have hardly changed much at all and so wanting to provide that for
0: our um, young girls and emerging women. Incredible, wonderful and so what do you find that's lacking in schools today? I mean, even back when, you know, yeah. you were educated around Yeah, it. yeah, yeah. What do you find the main topics or themes that are lacking in today's education system? Yeah. So today and back
1: in the day, uh, the, the main focus was and generally still is focus on prevention, you know, mm. preventing unplanned pregnancy, uh, prevention of STIs. Uh, and, of course, that's important. That's super important. But it's just limiting the this whole realm of sex into this tiny little box. So yeah. we're not talking about feelings, you know, mm. much at all. And, you know, as we you know, our, our teens especially a massive bundles of feelings and hormones. Important. Yes, so important, yeah, so important mm. to really talk about that. Um, often I find the values are quite limited that are spoken about and so it can limit uh, you know what what we're portraying to our children about sex it sometimes it can be not it's still quite heteronormative I mean it's getting better but it's still quite heteronormative Um, it just needs a a lot of things need updating uh, in terms of what we're you know what access we're giving our kids what information they need so it's still that real focus on prevention and kind of fear as opposed to the the more uh, sex positive and more empowering parts of it there's got to be that balance
0: yeah beautiful thanks for sharing on that one because um, you know we all do have like yes we've been through the school system but everyone does have varying levels of degrees you know based on what their parents told them or didn't tell them um yes. so it's kind of good just to kind of get that as a basis before we dive straight into this so yeah um so how do you start to bring up some of these often really difficult conversations, and how do you know when your child or your teenager is ready for some of these conversations? Because it's always really yeah. tricky to gauge, isn't it? Like, I totally. think they're ready, but I don't yeah. know. <laughs>
1: Definitely. So this is a tricky one. I mean, I want to preface by saying you're the only person you know. You know your child best, and just to follow your gut and your intuition. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I really encourage parents to be proactive rather than reactive when it comes to sex ed. So what this means is telling them before a situation or something happens that they need to know yeah. so unfortunately I have personal experience with this when my eldest daughter was in uh, class two so she was six she uh, came home from a plate age one day and the, the friend there had told her she was a year older than her but she told her about how babies are made and it was in quite a not correct and shocking way for my daughter and she was just mum so and so told me this is it true and I was just I was heartbroken Mm. because I had planned to you know one day in the future not when she was six but one day in the future tell her about in a way that was beautiful in a way that spoke about the values that are important to me so I had to really be reactive then rather than proactive so I had to you know do my repair and then you know bring the get the books and bring the things in that I wanted to bring to her but there was that repair and yeah I just I still feel sad about that that I wasn't able to give that to her so primarily yeah to be proactive rather than um, yeah reactive so earlier than may might be earlier than you think obviously be led by your child and be age or slash maturity appropriate sometimes with age appropriate you know people have got different levels of maturity so with what's going to be fit your child in terms of their readiness. Yes. Uh, so with younger children, it's really about planting the seeds. Um, it's going to be quite simple things. Mm-hmm. When we come to tweens, it, you you can, tweens is an amazing age because, you know, developmentally, they're ready to take on bigger concepts. Uh They're coming into their body more and they're more aware of the world around them than just this internal world. So they're quite ripe. But also oh, they, right. you know, your tweens, they, they're they not yet that self-conscious. And also they still really think that you're the bee's knees. You know, they yeah. still think you're amazing. <laughs> they're not like when you come into teens, you know, there's that more of the eye rolling and that kind mm. of thing. So when you come into tweens, you can really start having some more, um, you know, modeling, um, teachable moments, some more storytelling, those kind of things, mm. um, moving a bit away from the simplicity. And then coming into teens, you can really go into the nuances of things. Uh, the the conversations you can have can be a lot deeper, a lot more open, um, you know, and eventually they might start teaching you things uh, in terms of, you know, just the way the world's going and and things are moving quite quickly. So um I think I've diverged a bit there from your question,
0: but no, 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 yeah, yeah okay, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, yeah. And I guess it's always that tricky part. And I guess so. Just to recap, I guess what you're saying is is that it's really based on their a little bit their age, but mostly their maturity on when yes. you do bring those conversations up, yeah. and then also having a little bit of awareness that it might be earlier. <laughs> They're probably yes. we're ready. Let's face it. Yes, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Because I yeah. can think about myself, and I'm like, oh, hey, I'm ready for that. Yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but it's not. It's not. A, and I think that's too important. It's. It's not about you, is it? It's about no. giving them the proactive heads up and the yeah. proactive understanding as well, so they don't get misinformation
1: course yeah
0: which I imagine is a big problem sometimes I'm, I probably imagine a lot of your work is just combating misinformation most of the time yeah. would that be true or yeah. No?
1: yeah and also just you know children being exposed to things you know online those kind of things before they're yeah. ready and then just oh, and again it's like that that rep- the repair um and you know it's it's a an important a developmentally important part of adolescence to be curious about sex you know that's one of the, the, yeah. the developmental jobs or roles of adolescence mm. so it's a they're going to be curious and that's mm. normal and beautiful but we really need to make sure that the, yeah where they where the curiosity is challenged isn't to um, you know places online and things like
0: that yeah yeah. Do you think the more that it's spoken about, I'm I'm going a little bit off book here, but do you think the more yeah. that it's spoken about, the less, you know, taboo and questions and behind everything, you know, not going to talk about it with mum or dad, those kinds of things are or not? Oh,
1: definitely, No, definitely. Yeah. I think the more normalized it is, mm. uh, the more we're keeping those lines of communication open, mm. you know, because... We learn so much by what isn't said as well as by what is said. You yeah. know, so if sex, if sex is never mentioned, know. So you know, one of those things we hush hush about, that we're still teaching them something by default. Sure. You know, by not talking about it. So yeah, definitely, I'm all for um, the the openness and those conversations. Yeah,
0: for sure. Yeah. Beautiful. And so, beautiful segue. <laughs> what are the five <laughs> conversations that you really must have with your kids? You know, whether we're talking kids, preteens, teens, you you know, you yeah. can ask about the ages and the ranges, yes. I guess, there. But what, what are the conversations we must have with them? Beautiful.
1: Beautiful. So uh before we dive into the conversations, mm. yeah, just to refresh that the first, you know, the 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 ages, the early mm. years of the planting the seeds, yeah. uh you know, there'll be a bit of storytelling, very simple concepts, um, limited information being led by them. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving into tweens, we can have more storytelling and the, the teachable moments. Uh, and then moving into teens, it's going to be a lot more about uh, the the. Well, they're gonna they might be having lived experiences of some of these things, you know. So it's going to be a lot more practical. Um, it's going to be you know, just connecting a lot more with a lot more open, a lot more specific to them or what they're going through or their friends are going through. So. Um, and also something I talk about with my uh, parents or when I do my talks I like to approach all conversations with keeping three things in mind so the first thing is the piece of information you know what the piece of information we want to get across in this conversation is Mm -hmm. the second thing what values what values are important to us that we're modeling in this conversation or with underlying Mm -hmm. Uh, and the third thing is uh, that relationship building you know it's an important part of building our relationship. So the, the piece you're bringing might be quite small. We don't necessarily want to bring the whole of, you know, you might just use yes. one piece <laughs> to bring the values that you might bring. So for me, uh, an example, a value or something that's important to me when I talk about sex, especially my daughters is pleasure, because often that's, you know, left out for in sex mm-hmm. ed or for females, you know, it's, it's um, you know, when we reduce sex to procreation, we're, you know, and. Um, Physiologically, it's arguable that a female's pleasure is needed for um, procreation or for reproduction. So if we reduce yeah. it to that, you know, we're really ignoring that. Mm. So for me, that's the value of mind. So it's important that I I when I have a conversation around that, often pleasure and the importance mm. of pleasure and the the, the 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 woman's own pleasure is important to me. And then the relationship building, that's you know, normal beautiful parenting stuff you know the eye contact the affirming and validating uh i I, something i say to parents is the very first thing when a child comes to you the question is to say that thank you so much for coming to me that's a great question you know just to validate that you're a safe adult that you appreciate them coming to you uh the second question is you know to get a bit more information rather than just diving into what you think they want to know just really clarify what it is they want to know so you're not giving them too much information uh so yeah, just keeping those three things in mind in terms of uh, the, the conversations as we go through. Mm-hmm. So the first conversation is the the body safety conversation, and this is this can happen really, you know, in the early years. I mean, you may you could even say the seeds of this or modeling this could start from you know when a, a child is born. Mm. So. When we have a newborn baby, the only way they can communicate is by crying and also with with their eyes, eye contact. You know, they haven't had hand eye coordination. They can't, so they can't, you know, push or use hands. Obviously, they haven't got anything verbally. So there's this beautiful thing called gaze aversion. So when you're connecting with your baby and you're, you know, you're talking and connecting, and then your baby looks away, it's really important to just allow that because that's your baby, neurologic, your baby has had enough stimulation, it's taking a break. Allowing some integration, then when it's ready, it will turn back. So it's really important that we allow that. We don't follow our baby's, you know, gu- gaze around there and try and get the eye contact and draw it back in. And that alone is laying the foundations for trusting uh, and respecting the baby's own body and own cues. So that body autonomy. Mm-hmm. So super simple, but you know, quite important. And you can see how you know we could build on those layers of foundation. Yeah. Um. Uh, another another important aspect of body safety from the young years is the importance of using correct names for body parts, like mm. genitals, especially. Uh, from a legal perspective, that's really important because if something were to happen to your child, it's really important they can use the correct name to get across what has happened to them. Mm. Uh, and also it just gives, and it's a tricky one because often we have cutesy pet names. Yeah. which I think can be beautiful. And my way around this is we do both. We have a cutesy mm. name and we they also know the correct name. And as they were growing up, I would use this in, interchangeably. And mm. even when I, you know, changing their nappy, so they're not verbal, you know, but understanding. Yeah. And, you know, now I'm going to wipe your vulva. Or we used to say yoni. Now I'm going to wipe your yoni. I, I would interchange. So, you know, if you have a cutesy name, um, you could do that, but interchange it, you know, with the correct name as well. Mm. And, also, uh, just another note around the correct, uh, body parts. It's only in recent years that we've started differentiating between vulva and vagina. Mm-hmm. Originally, vagina and I grew up my vagina. It was all of it. The vagina was all of it. But the vagina actually only refers to the internal. The vulva is all the external. So if we're reducing everything to just the internal, just the you know, we sometimes the internal can be said that considered that the receptacle or the part that receives in terms of okay. you know um male to female or penis to vagina sex so if we're reducing it just to so that you know we're leaving there's so much we're leaving out and what is that teaching our daughter so i think it's really important and this can be hard and this is hard for me initially yeah. but to start you know saying vulva and vagina just so they're aware wow. uh and in in the bath you know when you do the game when they're really little you do the game show me your elbow you know show me your yeah. nose and and you know show me your vulva and you can. This is, for me, I felt right to do this, but I've taught them what their clitoris was. And, you know, you'd see the little little pearl at the top of your vulva, that's your clitoris and it's here for pleasure. And now show me your big toe, wiggle your big toe. Where's your knee? So it can just be that, it hasn't got to be, oh my God, it's your clitoris. Oh my God, you know, like it can just be something hmm. simple and I know it can feel awkward or uncomfortable. And then like you said, if we have our own stuff around it, it can feel a bit uncomfortable talking about a clitoris or a vulva. Um, but the more we can practice that and do that the the more empowering it's going to be
0: uh, for our daughters or for all our children and boys you know naming their body parts yeah, as well I, I think that if you don't mind if I just jump in because like, course, I think yeah. that's really interesting because you know I mean we probably don't go in detail <laughs> in our household yeah. but it, it, we do use the correct names and what oh, I find beautiful. to be the most interesting is that on the odd occasion, you know, if it's bath time, we've got family around or whatever, and you know, because I've got really young children, one might run yeah. through the house, you know. Yeah, as yeah. They <laughs> soon, and they will use the correct name, and I find the most interesting oh. thing is the kids are completely fine. It's the adults I think that find the discomfort yeah. around the correct name as opposed to the cutesy name. Yes, and you know, I think even myself, I've always questioned. Oh, like, did I make the right choice there? <laughs> you oh, know, when you've got a yeah. three-year-old, that of course. Will, you know, yeah, usually, you know, and they're the correct, they're the right, to, you know, it's nothing, yeah, well you know. done. but yeah. it's also like it's quite confronting because then you have other adults that might go, hmm, like, whoa, okay, yes, you know, yeah. And so, yeah. it's interesting as a culture that we find all these other names to use, but the actual name, yes. <laughs> and even as adults, this, yeah, I mean, I don't know about you, but I would say a lot of people would still use. You know, random phrases or random words that yeah. don't have anything to do with it, really. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Like, do you find yeah. that? Or of course,
1: yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And it's it's a tricky one because people feel, you know, we're we are rightly so super uncomfortable with sexualizing our young children, for sure. Absolutely. And there seems to be some kind of link between using the correct names can feel a bit like sexualizing them, but it's mm. not. I think that's where some of the uncomfortableness can come. That it's it's the uncomfortableness of, uh, yeah, we feel like we're sexualizing that child just by using the correct name that we would be more comfortable using for an adult, you know, but we're not sexualizing.
0: So can I just, I guess, to be, go one step further, when we're using the correct name, where I assume from what you're saying, we're teaching body safety because yep. they can cre- clearly go like, no, like that's not yes. okay. Um yep. And we're teaching, I guess, c- good, correct anatomy as we move forward Definitely. and as have discussions as preteens, teens, adults and things like that. Is there yeah. any other benefit from using the right name that I haven't just mentioned? Yes, yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah. it connects
1: to body safety. Mm-hmm. But um, it's been found that uh, children who use the right names and, are, you know, that. That is an indicator of their being educated, they are less likely to be targeted by a predator,
0: which is huge. Oh and my it's goodness. So protective. Yeah. So, so protective. So powerful. Yeah. And
1: even if it's just that, just, you know, exactly. That's big. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. You're really and that, big. yeah. Yeah. Like when you just let that sink in it's yeah it really makes you think hmm you know what yeah. am I teaching my kids and it's yeah and and, and yeah. for the sake of a few adults being uncomfortable if they occasionally use the right name yeah like, of course yeah and their chances yeah. of them you know potentially being assaulted in some way shape yeah. or not, Going or down dramatically like that's massive yeah Mm. Oh, and that's yeah so that's something really mm. important
1: to remember as a parent for sure beautiful yeah. sorry now I'll hit yeah. you up no, to you no, all good no all good all good so um yeah let's move on to the next one uh which is the sex conversation now obviously this conversation was more an ongoing conversation than a singular conversation mm-hmm. and what I would love to Parents to think about is what values they're bringing. So, for me, obviously, the pleasure one is important, um, respect, connection, those are quite important values for me. So, I make sure I bring those in when I am, uh, you know, having conversations about sex with my children. And this can be just something that you could sit down, you know, if you've been with a partner or a friend, and just talk about sort of some of your values are mm-hmm. and how, you, you know, even just having that awareness of your values and enter the conversations with those values because our values really our values underpin so much you know our values almost they underpin our beliefs mm. and our beliefs are uh, you know partly they inform Um, you know how we think how we think kind of informs how we feel how we feel it may inform how we behave or act which then uh, you know the world responds to that so just yeah. the, the more we can I feel like beliefs are just so uh, yeah they're just a beautiful way to really give some meaning as well to these conversations. Uh, right. And it, you can really make them align with you and your family. So uh, beautiful. Yeah, beliefs. Uh, secondly, we've, we've touched them before, but just to think about what are you teaching them by default? You know, mm. by not talking about it, you know, is there some shame? Is it a secret thing? Uh, is there some guilt? Uh, you know, sinful stuff, even just embarrassment. Mm. I remember when I was about eight. And I remember this so clearly. And I went to the beach with my friend and her parents. And we, it, was a, it was in New Zealand. It was a cold, windy beach. So we were <laughs> playing around the rocks. It wasn't like an Australian beach experience. But we were playing in the rocks. And I looked up. And they were standing over there. And they were kissing. Kissing like people kiss in the movies. And <laughs> oh, I, my goodness. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> I, it blew me away. Because I had my, I'd never mm-hmm. seen my parents kiss like that. Yeah. And I'd only ever seen that in the movies. And I was it just... I just remember that mind-blowing, whoa, people actually kiss like that in real life. It was a moment. Yeah. So for me, consciously, I made an effort to kiss like the movies, you know, in front of my children. Yeah. Um, you know, just so it's normalized. And now, you know, now if we do it, they're like, oh, get a room. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and dad. I don't mean we're like fully making out. I just mean more than yeah. a peck, you know, maybe some yeah. tongue or a longer kiss, Um. you know, with connection and just that, you know, connecting with each other and kissing in that beautiful way. Yeah. So, I, that was a, quite a conscious choice because I consciously wanted to teach them that 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 the, the beauty and physical intimacy yeah then to see Absolutely. that it's not just a movie thing so yeah to think about what you uh, are teaching them by default and then you know by design for one of a better word uh and yeah, then think think about what you want them to know and how you're going to teach them that. So books are amazing. I've got loads of books. I've, I've got a link on my website. I can send you the link, but will books they recommend. But like there's um I just kick one here. This one's a really beautiful simple one that teaches how babies are made and it doesn't even mention sex. But it describes yeah. everything else. It leaves loads of space for you to talk about sex or IVF or adoption. Like mm-hmm. it's really, it's done really well. So you know, you can something like that can start really basically. Yeah. Sorry, I realized we're. I was just holding <laughs> up and showing you, Laura. I realized yeah, what, that we're audio. What this title is and author? What yeah. makes a baby? By Corey Silverberg. They have a series of really good books. I've got all the, the series. They're really good. Wow, okay. uh, so yeah, there's there's a heap of books that can be really helpful, especially when we are unsure what to say, a book can be a beautiful thing. And also a book, you know, we're, we're parallel, we're not um, having the intensity of eye contact, we're having a shared experience. Uh, and, and also just a note on parallel um, talking especially for tweens and especially teens, it can be great to have these kind of conversations when you're both engaged in something else, you know, shoulder to shoulder. So doing the dishes together, uh, maybe doing something creative together or something in the garden, driving in the car. So we haven't got the intense uh, the intensity of eye contact. We haven't got to worry about the micro expressions that we may have of, oh God, am I feeling shame? They haven't got to worry about their micro expressions of you thinking, um, you know, oh God, my mom's talking about, you know, so we don't have to worry about facial yeah. What's going on in faces? So those kind of parallel conversations can be really helpful for anything you know talking about sex relating bodies, those kind of things. Yeah, yeah. so absolutely think of it that. as an
0: ongoing conversation. yeah, beautiful. There's so much there, so much, so much goodness and so much to think about. I really love the idea of parallel con- communicational conversations. That's yes, just, I think that does take away a lot of embarrassment or shame maybe yeah. from both parties or one depending yeah. on how everyone feels Def- about it. <laughs> Definitely. Beautiful. And so where are we actually going to get this information if we don't talk about them? And what is the effect of not having these conversations?
1: Yeah, so if we, like I said, they're cute. You know, adolescence is about discovering your sexuality and being curious about it. Mm. I mean, online, these days it's going to be online and that's, you know, a couple of clicks in the wrong place could be really, really damaging uh, Mm. for your child uh so yeah i just don't advise um online the ne- The next conversation i'm going to tell you about is online safety so we can segue to that in a minute but yeah, yeah. online and um the, where are you going to get the information? There are so many amazing books. Um, they're amazing resources. I run talks. Uh, there's just so much stuff out there to help you. Uh, and my, my parent consults, often it's that. Can you tell me? You know, can you give me some scripts? Can you give me some resources? And it's really sometimes we can. Yes, of course we need to put thought into it, but sometimes we can overthink these things God. because it just feels so overwhelming. So. To yeah. not overthink it, to get the resources you need. And if you have the support of a partner or a friend, you know, just to even to practice the conversations with them. Uh, for older, it's depending on the child, but for older teens especially, it can be great to just slip a book on their bed. There's some amazing books. There's a beautiful series of graphic comics, you know, that are amazing sex ed. You know, just slip I've done that for both my girls. We talk as well, but just hey, read this book and then they get to read the book and then you can ask me, Do you have any questions? because uh, yeah. that can be a really beautiful way to Again, there's actually no eye contact. They can look at it in their own time. They can get the information they need. And I've given the same book to my tween and teen, and I'm very worried that my tween won't take as much of it in because she's not ready, but she'll get what she needs, and then my teen will take more of it in. You know, they're very good yes. at
0: self-regulating that as well, yeah. Yeah, beautiful. Keep that. that yeah. yeah, makes all the sense in the world. And so yeah. sorry, we'll just quickly jump back. Um, online yeah. safety. We we yes. a couple couple more conversations. So online safety. Yes, online one. safety. Yeah. yeah. So
1: this is something that's becoming more and more important. I mean, even probably day by day now with AI, you know, there's yeah. is so much we are not aware of that we may never be aware of, but we need to have some awareness around. So. Again, if we go back to what, you know, with the young children we're just planting seeds and then the older ones were quite specific, you know, so the conversations you may have around online safety initially, you know, maybe just we don't, we don't share things with people we don't know on the internet, you know, mm-hmm. um, versus, you know, into tweens, we're going to be a lot more specific and we really need to teach them that the internet um, is, isn't, uh, we, they need to know the internet is permanent. You know, there's no such thing, even if it's Snapchat and it deletes or, you know, or I told them, I sent them a photo and then they would delete it. You know, if they screenshot like this, we really need to educate them around that. Yeah, uh, We need to let them know that it's not, um, it's not private, like it's a hugely mm. public space, even if someone's anonymous or so anything we share or say, you know, we, they, there's the 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 meme that says, you know, before you post something, think about what your grandmother would say, you know, if she saw it, you know, <laughs> but a even just one. to think, of, yeah, think about. You know if, if and that can come down to things like you know online bullying and stuff like that when it's yeah. behind that kind of perceived anonymous face, it's it's not, it's just perception that it's anonymous, it's not anonymous. Yeah. Uh, and then also, the internet is a stranger, and even if we have been, you know, gaming and there's Joe and he lives in the next state and he's 10 years old, and you know, I know that he likes, um, he's got a dog called. Uh, I can't think of a dog's name but he's got a dog and a cat <laughs> yeah, and, he, yeah. da, 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 and he knows all the stuff about Joe and he maybe seen a picture of Joe and, and maybe with AI he's even seen a video of Joe saying yeah, "I mean, I, you know so scary <laughs> totally so we just need to educate them that it's that it's things aren't what they seem and until we've met someone in real life we, we can't know and we mustn't mm. share information about ourselves uh, to people online that's super important and these kind of things can be great for uh a lot. A good way to teach us is through dinner conversation. So we have a, we have most nights we have family dinner around the table, and sometimes uh, my partner and I will have a discussion before dinner about something we want to have a discussion about, and it could be even just me and my partner talking, but the girls are there and they're listening. Yeah. Uh, or it could be something we involve in them, and it might be a story. Oh gosh, did you hear about you know Susan? She got scammed online and da 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 da. You know, and you're feeding all those things. Stories are an amazing way of getting uh, across. Any information because stories just have so much meaning and they've got a context to them as well. And I often tell stories, and I, when I tell, you know, in my socials and my newsletter, I have a story, and I, at the end, I say, "Please feel free to share the story with the children as oh a friend told me, you know, or did, yeah. did you hear about, you know? Because it can, and then you can have some open um, hypothetical questions or open ended questions. Oh, what would you do in that situation? Or what, you know, those kind of questions can be really good. So any stories about yes, scamming, bullying. Uh, you know, when they're older, grooming, those kind of things, Mm -hmm. they can be amazing for getting information across, yeah. Yeah. Um, Even stories about yourself or your youth, especially for teens. Teens love hearing stories that that make you really human or mistakes you made yourself, Mm -hmm. you know, so those kind of stories can be great for the older kids. Um, Yeah, yeah. and then today, obviously, more and more children are having devices and exposure to devices, so just have a lot of awareness around your child's device use mm-hmm. um I have a I mean, full disclosure my kids go to a Steiner school so and then the primary there's no tech and then the high school it's low tech uh but you know we still have phones at home and we've got the internet and computers they don't game but you know a lot of children yeah. in their class game so they're still really exposed yeah uh, uh and I mean I'm of the I, I'm gonna Last as long as I can without giving my children a phone. Uh, I have a editable phone contract that I have for parents, which I really highly suggest you do with your child when you give them on their first device. Mm. And it's just it covers so much. It covers all the internet safety things. It covers online bullying. It covers you know grooming red flags. Just a lot of things so that they can. Mm. They, you know you both know what your responsibilities are and kind of the risks and those kind of things so just having a lot more awareness around what your child has access to and keeping those those lines of conversations
0: um open for sure yeah yeah absolutely yeah. and I think well, when kids get devices and things that's that's a whole other topic within itself yeah but it's huge yeah it's it's, 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 it's massive and yeah it's, yeah complex yeah, <laughs> um, yeah beautiful and was there have we covered all five? Oh no
1: we've got two no two more conversations like, yeah two
0: more so cool
1: yeah. yeah so the next one is the porn conversation mm-hmm. so kind of connected online
0: yes
1: so obviously when they're younger we don't need and especially if they haven't got internet access or you you're very aware of, you know what they've got access to um obviously they can still go to someone else's house or be with an older cousin you know but still mm-hmm. you know Um, awareness Uh, so you know when they're younger they we can just tell them you know in the same way that we don't let them watch scary movies or there are movies that aren't appropriate for them you know there's other content that's just not appropriate for children but when they become especially coming into tweens uh, it's it's more important to be more specific so we need to have some conversations around uh, what porn is and isn't so it's really important that they know that porn isn't real uh, in the same way that you know, stunts in movies aren't real. You know, mm. porn is not real. The bodies in it aren't real. Really important. You know, yes. all gender bodies are not real there. Um, that the a lot of the acts aren't real. Uh, yeah. A lot of the um, or the it normalizes violence. Uh, that's mm. important to, for them to know. And often it's made for men. You know, so they really need to know. Yeah, you know, what's yeah you know, the, the lack of consent. You know, that's another huge one. Yeah. Um, yeah. There was a study done a few years ago, but it. There the, of a whole lot of porn, and 88% of porn had physical aggression, and of that physical aggression, 97% was directed at women, you know. And it's yeah. just, yeah. And they need to know that it's made, most porn is made by men for men. Um, mm-hmm. as they get older, we can teach them a little bit of discernment around uh porn, um, you know, because obviously we don't want to shame them for being curious, and we, you know, we, we. Yes, yeah, not about shaming them, but it's about, I guess, you have teaching them to be, teaching them some
0: literacy and some media literacy or some critical thinking around porn. It's 100%. super important. I mean, I think it's the same with, you know, you, when they're in school, they're taught about, you know, is this text actually legitimate? Like has someone manufactured yes. this on the internet? Is it a yes. reliable source? Like yes. same type of thing. And I see that with couples, you know, as adults that, yeah. Honestly, you know, I think they can go so many different which ways that it, you know, it can become an addiction, and they perceive yeah. that their relationship should be like that, and it's like, yes, well, hmm, you don't have a budget of X, Y, Z, and you don't say you know, like you yeah. know what I mean? Like there, there's so much to it, yeah. But even grown yeah. adults, and I, I do find that grown adults will honestly believe that that's that's real, like even though yeah. there's some, they, like there's some awareness in the back of their heads that it's not. Yeah. But I think it's become so normalized that, yeah that you engage with it or you've watched it so much that it's just like, yeah. this is how my relationship should also be. And then when it's not, it's like, yeah. well, let's go see what the grass is greener.
1: Yeah, definitely. And also it's you sad. mentioned that it's so sad, so mm. sad. Um, yeah, You mentioned the, um, the addiction, but also the brain, you know, and especially when yes. if, if a young child's first search experiences via porn and porn today is just getting so much more graphic and more, um, well, damaging and dangerous mm-hmm. you know that that some of that wiring for those early sex experiences to that that can I mean it's just it makes you sad because sex is so much more
0: I mean you know it's so such much a, more than what yes. that reduces it to yeah such a problem yeah. when that that becomes the education
1: totally yeah it's not they need to know that's one thing that you need teaching yeah. that is not that is not where they should go for their education it's not yeah like you said yeah. that misinformation
0: yeah for sure and I think there would have been generate many generations or like a few couple <laughs> that yeah. Was, yeah, that's yeah. you know potentially where they went for education because like yeah. you said it wasn't in schools or it wasn't talked yes. about yeah so where did they go if, if it was you know if they had the internet of that's course. where they would have went yeah
1: of course mm. yeah and and I mean, even a few generations ago, it wasn't. It might have been more educational than what it is today. It's still not amazing, but you yeah. know, today is so like, oof. yeah, it's yeah, it's, um,
0: yeah, it's a bit scary. Yeah, really scary. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh,
1: and then you're yeah, moving into the healthy relationships. Mm. So this is something, and it's one of those things I often find myself talking about with my friends. You know, imagine if we'd learned when we were 16 or 18, what a what a narcissist was, or rather than have to experience one, or what a toxic relationship is, or yes. relationship red flags, or what love oh. bombing or gaslighting is. Like imagine, you know, as adults, yes. often we learn that stuff through our experiences. And again, it comes to that reactive, proactive. But imagine if we could start educating our children around, around what a healthy relationship does look like and doesn't look like. It's one of those things, because... It's tricky because we learn through rela- about relationships primarily through relating, of course, yes, but yes. the more we can prime or teach, mm-hmm. you know, the more things we can plant, I think that the better foundations we're going to give our children. Um, I think it can be a tricky one as well to teach because it can feel quite intangible, but you can get, uh, can find lots of teachable moments. So for example, uh, we had a situation ship with my eldest daughter recently where she was messaging she doesn't have a phone but I allow her to use my phone for messages and obviously I see all the messages she knows mm-hmm. I see them it's transparent yeah. um, but she was messaging with an older boy um, it was a little bit friendly obviously I was on a high alert <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> a bit of love bombing and then he didn't want her to tell his friends that they were messaging and uh, me and my partner we just stepped in and ended you know said so we, we you can't Connect anymore, um, but it was and so it led to some really good conversations with her. You know, that's a red. If someone doesn't want you to know about, it doesn't want your their friends to know about you, that is a red flag. You know, you're worthy of everyone knowing about you. You know, things like that. So, Mm -hmm. those kind of things. And another great um, teachable space is if you have Netflix or media, but media. So I do find there is a lot of modelling of toxic relationships on so many shows at the moment. So I do really restrict what my children watch uh, my eldest has been begging me to watch Jenny and Georgia and I've watched it
0: myself and I did enjoy it but also <laughs> yeah. I was
1: like oh my god it's so toxic I can't uh, yeah you know, it's an like,
0: example it's, of what not to do <laughs>
1: totally and I know I'm going to have to watch it with her and there'll be amazing conversations but I, I'm so I keep putting it off till yeah. like, I you know develop the things I really want to say about it but you so you can I think it's great to watch you know in movies and obviously do research yourself yes. beforehand um, make sure it's appropriate and appropriate for your child but yeah, I have, so, I have so many things like pause, movies. I have things like pause, songs that are playing. Mm. So like, did you hear that? What do you think about that? You know, we, we mm. have really good conversations. Uh, and there's, there can be beautiful, like uh, the show Heartstopper. I don't know if you've watched that or seen that. That's no. a beautiful one to watch with tweens and teens. It's about relating and it's got some really healthy, uh, oh, good. it's got yep. some toxic relationships in there, but they're, they're highlighted yes. and they're not normalised and yeah, yes. they do really well. So the more yes. we can, and again, the dinner table conversation conversations are great for this too so yeah. yeah the more we kind of have these conversations in a way that are palatable for our children the more well I feel like the better foundations they're going to have when it comes to their own relating
0: yeah absolutely and speaking my language when we talk about educating around relating and I and that always for me you know it's it's mine's primarily adults <laughs> but that yes, yes I've always seen that as well trickle trickle down into their kids yeah. lives in such a massive way to the to the point where I'd have people say, like, we stopped being confrontational towards one one another and we were still discussing things. We still weren't on the same page yes. necessarily, but we were communicating differently. Oh. Our kids stopped fighting based on us doing that. Like, oh, we didn't do anything so or say anything. Yeah. And I was like, no, because you modelled it to them. Totally. And they noticed and they picked up on it. And yeah. And I think this is the thing is that we think it's so hard and it's so hard to, oh, i to teach them all this stuff, you know. It's like yeah, not yeah. really. Like no. you just, just lead by example, you know, and yeah. if you get it wrong, then talk to them about it because if totally. you all do we all do. Yeah, we're human and they love us when we're
1: human and yeah. Definitely. Yeah, so
0: I couldn't agree, with, agree more. And by exactly what you said, by them having that really great role models or those really great conversations, they're going to have healthy relationships and know you know how even how to choose a partner or what a healthy relationship and partner looks like oh my goodness how how much is that worth? so much yeah yeah <laughs> totally totally yes yeah, so beautiful important. now we've covered so many things and I, this may be the hardest question to answer so far but if you can boil <laughs> it down to the three things that you yeah. would like listeners to take away from today's conversation what would okay. they be Okay. So, firstly, uh, to
1: be proactive rather than reactive as much as you can to, to really keep that in mind. Uh, secondly, to bring some awareness of feelings as well as facts when you're know, through these conversations, especially for our teens. Like we said, they're bundles of feelings. So, you want to connect on that level. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, lastly, to be aware that what we teach our kids today become their expectations for tomorrow. Uh, so, for example, you know, if we don't teach our daughters that their pleasure anatomy, are they are we also teach them that their pleasure isn't valid or important? Mm. Uh, if we teach our girls to be nice and polite no matter what, are we also teaching them later to not reject someone's unwanted advances? Yeah. Uh, if we teach our boys that naturally they're wired to want sex more than girls, or we then teach them entitlement when it comes to sex later. And then on the flip side, you know, if we're teaching our kids to identify, to trust and to articulate their feelings, you know, we're teaching them that the validity and the importance of their feelings. Um and also if we are teaching our kids that that rejection is a normal part of life, mm-hmm. you know, we're then teaching them that their self-worth isn't necessarily tied up with being liked by someone. Yeah. Yeah. Yes,
0: absolutely. Yeah. Beautiful takeaway. And so, Natalie, all of your information and their links will be in the show notes. Yeah. How can they find out more about you and your amazing work? Yeah. So um, on socials,
1: just at Tell Your Daughters, website is tellyourdaughters.com.au and email address is hello at tellyourdaughters.com.au. My inbox is always open. I'm happy to answer any questions uh, or I'm signed to my DMs. Uh, I, yeah, I really welcome any random questions about sex. I know what a big or edgy topic it can feel, so I'm happy to be there for parents. I have a couple of uh, free downloads. I've got a parents glossary, which can be quite helpful, of all the not only um, you know terms, but also slang that children are using, which can be and the acronyms, which is super important to know. Yeah. Uh, and then also I've got the downloadable phone contract, which can be quite helpful as well. So yeah, yeah. feel free to reach out.
0: Anyone who's listening has got questions beautiful thank you so much for your time and sharing all those incredible tips and important conversations to have with your kids thank you Natalie oh, you're so
1: welcome thanks Laura lovely to Bye. chat Bye.